This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Um, you uh, you've pissed me off today, Christopher. I don't care. Why is that? Because you went to Winchester, mm-hmm. and all day I've had half a daily a little dodgy maybe going through my head. The song that you probably won't remember. No, it I starts have, with uh, propping up the bar at the Winchester Club. Sure, and I'm thinking um, of Dave and Minder. Yeah, yeah. I know the theme tune to Minder. Uh, it's a great theme tune, isn't it? If you want to change your situation. Yeah. Written by uh, uh, that, that was upsetting. brother. That was deeply upsetting. Yes. Um, so that's the first minute we won't include. I've got a good idea. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Alexa, play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest. CPFC podcast. From Amazon Music. Back of the Nest. Now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hamling and I'm joined today by Nick Gillard and nobody else because Simon Pizzi is pissed. <laughs> basically your joke wasn't it nick that i just it was you just stole it how are you doing yeah. chris you had a nice day out in the country oh i had a wonderful day out and absolutely wonderful do you know i it was one of those uh things so i i went to to winchester this this morning um for a market i quite you know my partner in particular likes some likes the farmer's markets and stuff like that it's a nice nice way to get some local local fruit and veg and um like farm meats and things like that it's um yeah obviously costs a little extra at times but you know it's it's a nice way of getting some nice food right so um meat we, and we, things like that yeah things like meat like oh okay like other foods <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway so we went to went to winchester and um there was um sort of a moment where we'd there was it wasn't as big a market as usual so we kind of thought well we had a plan to go and get some lunch at a place called pie carumba you like that nick because it's a pun um, and it's pie. Yeah, and it's is pie. it as good as Sweeney Todd's in Reading? Though that's the thing. It's better. Sweeney Todd's is great, but pie Carumba is is better. I, I heartily recommend it. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, but we but it wasn't open yet, so I'm like, okay, well, need to kill a bit of time. And um, all I it was just this bit of a random decision. I pulled up a map on my phone. I thought we'll go to a coffee shop, but not a well known one. We'll just go and sit and have a coffee and wait for. The, the shop to open uh, at midday and i picked a cafe um called i think it was called proudfoot and co something like that um I'll, I'll look it up as i talk but anyway um and it just said on uh apple maps or whatever it said it was a cafe so i expected to go there and get a coffee but it was um a really quite <laughs> unique place it's the sort of place that you don't really like if you deliberately sort of researched and found it, it would have been a, an incredible find. But to randomly find it, I don't necessarily take credit for that. But it was 
it's a really really nice place um it basically seems to have set, been set up by a guy who was massively into foraging um, like literally foraging um and kind of researched a bunch of stuff around old british recipes you know for food and drinks like british spices and stuff like that and created like a it's essentially a bar but it's not, nothing's alcoholic there and there's a couple of things that have you know coffee in them but it's like botanicals but british botanicals so you go there and you have a they use these sort of syrups created from from british herbs and spices and stuff and you have a drink and it's i can't really explain how uh, amazing an experience it was um it's just it's not cheap isn't, but it isn't good for a broadcaster not being able no to no i do yeah that's it. why that's why i'm an amateur because i don't have the skills <laughs> to, to make it professional but um if you if it ever happened to be in winchester look up proudfoot and co it's their tagline is for the bold and curious um for the bold and, and I, curious for the bold yeah, is that why say, they've got syrups you ruined my joke. I was going to say I should have changed it to for the bald and confused because that's basically how I found it. So, and I don't have hair. So, you know, there you go. Thanks, Nick. You ruined my whole run up to a joke. And you and, didn't um, see it coming from six miles away, though. Come on. <sighs> yeah. It's um, always a shame when we have to do a podcast just you and me, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. we'll get through it, you know, together. How about you? How you been? Yeah, I've been all right. Um, it's Youngest has got GCSEs this week, so it's uh, mainly been around making them feel happy and um, just spoiling them a bit so they can concentrate yeah. on their revision. That's um, really 27 nice. exams. It's a lot, isn't it? Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that seems way too many. How's that happened? Uh, I don't know. Blame Michael Gove. But um, they did, uh, had a last netball match of the season yesterday. They finished mm. top of the league, beat Crystal Palace, and she plays for Eclipse Netball Club, who are based in Beckenham. Um, for the thirds uh, in the second division and they've gone up to the first division and the second team have got relegated to the third division so I don't know whether it will be a demotion by going up to the second team which is essentially a better team but in a lower division I'm confused by it all yeah I didn't follow that so um but we'll let the listeners pick the bones of that one unless Mikey cuts it out for confusion reasons um, he won't. Shall we? Um, shall we talk a bit of football, though, Nick? I'm glad you're glad you're doing all right. Um, yeah. But well, we we had a you know, pretty decent performance. Um, Palace winning two nil against Bournemouth. Obviously, both goals from Everechieze. And um, yeah, it wasn't the greatest of of games at the beginning. It, um, it it took a little while to get going. It it sort of felt a little bit like two teams that are safe going through the motions but Palace were always the better side for sure um and then just yeah a couple of moments of of magic just really lit it up and I mean the second half was definitely a stronger performance it was you know yeah it was uh it was sort of quicker you know more intense um came out with real intent in the second half and in a way getting only the, the one goal was a bit of a shame but you know Winning, winning the game overall two 0 It was it was a richly deserved win. But there are some some talking points, and there are some there's a lot of things to, to kind of really sort of pull apart um, in terms of what does the future look like, and and you know the performances of the like of Eze, likes of Eze and Elisa. You know what does the summer look like there? The rumours are already starting, particularly uh, for for Elisa. Um, and you know I, I think the managerial. Dis- situation is going to come up again for sure um 
But I, I do want to, <laughs> I have to say, I do want to start with the kind of the strangest moment of the game, which was you've you've called it Anderson Balboa. It's it's there's not enough of a pun there. <laughs> there's not really enough of a pun, is there? Is you you know you've just given him the same surname surname as Rocky Balboa of of, of the, yeah, the fictional. Yeah, it was a toss film. up between that and Creed just to bring it up yeah. to date, really. Um, there's got to be a better joke in there. Um, and we'll, well, maybe uh, listeners yeah. can tweet us. Yeah, if you, uh, you can either... With a better you know, punchline. If only Punchin had done it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but but he didn't, did he? So several yeah. years too late. But yeah, really weird that, that you know, two corners in a row and the second one that came in, I I meant to what, go back and have a look and, and see whether there was a coming together of any kind in the first corner. To, to kind of explain what happened. But look, from your perspective, Nick, rather than give my opinion straight away, you know, what was your take on the incident which involved a clenched fist from Anderson and a broken nose for Jefferson Lerma? Well, the the funniest thing was that there were reports on Twitter that the Bournemouth managers said um, they've had penalties given for less. And I'm thinking, well, it's in your own area, you donor. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, does it? Yeah, you, no, can't, give a, you but, can't give a penalty up the other end because you got fouled in your own penalty area. It doesn't work that way. No, only at junior school when you're oh, playing yeah. with kids who don't know the rules. Yeah. Um, it was weird because I didn't really see what happened um, at the game because it's at the other end of the pitch. But if you're looking back at the replays, he wasn't even looking at him, was he? No, it's it's an odd one, right? And you can read too much into certain situations, right? And and sometimes you can... I'm going to say it, right? We got given the benefit of a doubt, which I happen to think was exceedingly generous. I, I, when I very, when I saw very. it, when I saw the first replay of it, I was like, what have you done? Like, it, it really felt like he was... You know, you've seen it before where people would have, have categorically said, like, he has done that because he wants to finish his season early, right? You do that, you get a three, four game ban. You punch somebody in the face and he can go off on holiday and have an extended break, right? Because he's not going to play again that season. And it really, I thought it felt like that. It felt like it had just had a moment. He's like, yeah, not much left to play for. I need to, I need to chill for a few days. But yeah. it was just madness. It was absolute madness. But, you know, I can all the arguments, right? So he hasn't swung his arm. He's... You know, you can't send somebody off for clenching their fist and some somebody connecting. He's not looking at him. Like, let's, you know, unless he has that the medical condition of tunnel vision, he can still see Jefferson Lerma, right? He can still yeah. see him, like even though he's not looking directly at his face in the middle of in the middle of his eye. He's in his peripheral vision, right? They're yeah. tussling for the ball. Lerma's grabbing him. Lerma is a pain, right? He has he's that kind of a player every time he's played against us he's annoyed the hell out of me because he's just one of those players he's constantly fouling you know we've got a bit of history with him um you know being involved in that rotational fouling thing that Bournemouth have done for years you know so uh and, and when he was back at, he was at Southampton as well wasn't he I think yeah. as well and and same same there absolutely the same player there absolute pest um so I can actually understand somebody being that annoyed with him already in, the, in you know that part of the game but it's a, it's a, for me, it's just, just a punch. It's just punched him in the face, you know? Yeah. We were lucky. We were lucky to get away with that. We, we, we'd have had no complaints if he'd been sent off, put it that way. 
No, and I honestly would have expected it to go further. I could totally sympathise with the the person sitting there on on VAR because they're like, well, the ref hasn't given anything, so I've now got to do the whole. I've got to find specific, like I've got to prove he intended to do that, and you can't prove that. You can think it, you can think, well, what else was he doing? But you know, you then can't give somebody a yellow or a red card every time they clench their fists randomly and happen to connect. But yeah, the only person what knows is uh, Yakima himself. Yeah. And, and honestly, everybody else, (laughs) but, but you know, you're right. You can't, you can't 100% assume intent, but I I am going. Although I did see, um, I did read his lips and he said, have that you pest. (laughs) Anyway. So weird one that, We'll um we'll move on. Um, so perhaps got a little fortunate there, but the, you know we built up a good good deal of momentum in the game. Um, so I think if anyone's sort of only really seen the, the the first goal in highlights, it really doesn't do it justice. And I think Palace have got the full ninety minutes available on the the app. And I would encourage you at the very least to go back and watch the whole thing because I it must have been thirty passes easily in my yeah. head. Um. Perhaps even more, but you know, I don't know if everybody took a touch of the ball, but it would have been pretty close as well. We were really patient. We, you know, the quality of the passing was great, even in the in the sort of fairly slow passing around the back as we waited to we move people around and wait for that opportunity. Um, but then, you know, the change of pace, the one touch stuff, the you know, the interaction there, and then obviously the the amazing skill from Wilf to take three players out. Can I just interrupt there? Mm. Anybody who says um, that Wolf's already peaked only has to look at that, and I'll say, actually, might have a bit more left in him. Oh, I mean, look, it's it's, it's vintage Wolf, and obviously, I know he got injured, and that was a horrible thing. But it actually, you know, partly there was there was a large part of the response on social media that actually ruined my mood for a little bit because so many people after the second as a goal we're going we're saying things like move over Wilf your time is up and all this kind of stuff I'm just like no <laughs> that's you can enjoy one thing without saying that kind of crap to you know to, to one of the best players ever to put on a Palace shirt if not the best so I, I didn't like that at all um, even if you know we're moving from one era to another which is likely um, you're quite right Nick Doing, doing what he did there. And the way he played up until he got injured, the way he played that whole game, he was outstanding in my view. Um, it was like uh, he was against Leicester before he got injured as well. Yeah. But Just, it didn't affect us, which no, is a right. good thing. That that It used to affect us without Wilf and yeah. and we're comfortable without him now. And, yeah. Uh, I, I hope I'm not kind of preempting a season without Wilf next season. No, I think it's... The question when he went off, would would that be the last we saw of him? Right now, I honestly honestly think it is, and that's the shame of it. Um, But, you know, obviously people will get to see him at the end of the season, I'm sure, in the the game against Forest, uh, when everybody comes out and does the lap of honour at the end and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure, you know, you'll get to see Wilf again, but I I think that might be the last ball he kicks for Palace. Do you think but, we'll see Roy do his second farewell speech as well? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I'm sure he can just reuse the first. Um, it'll be fine. What um, was just as good with that first goal, as good as the turn that Wilf did was, was I used deaf little flick. Mm. Oh, it was sublime. 
Yeah, and absolutely and a, sublime. Knew exactly where Ezra was. Yeah, and a cruel person would suggest that, <laughs> that um, you know, that that he didn't get as much on it as he thought he did, and he was trying to, and it was he was actually trying to do a little flicked finish, because um, that. I mean, a cruel person. That's me. Um, I, I get across my mind that he was doing that. But and the next Newcastle goalkeeper was cruel yeah, as well. Yeah, but you know, he actually, you know, he has that in his locker. So I can't again. I couldn't be sure he has it in his locker just to to flick that ball in as well. Um, but again, it, you know, he led the line really well. Um, and the fact that he did make a connection and it did go straight exactly where he needed it. It, it made it all the better as a, as a goal. As a, I said it on, on Twitter at the time, in terms of a team goal, in terms of the, the patience, the quality of passing, the way we moved Bournemouth about to create the gaps, it was instinctive. It was, you know, highly, highly t- uh, professional in what we did. But it also just showcased the amount of talent we have in the team. You know, it's it's an outstanding team when it's on form and when they're playing with that freedom and they're playing with that confidence. Um, you know, unfortunately for Patrick Vieira, he the team lost that confidence. They lost the freedom that they were playing with under him the previous year. It became very static and, you know, bad results will do that for you, unfortunately, and lack of confidence will do that. And Interestingly, you know, uh, Vieira was on Sky today, uh, mm. punditing, Punditing, is that a verb? Punditing yeah, sure. on the um, Arsenal-Brighton game and was saying, yeah, the only way you're going to win is if you go at teams. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, Patrick. But I genuinely think that, I don't think for one second that he was trying to to stop Palace doing that. I think he was trying to solve problems um, in, our, in other areas of the team. He was trying to, you know, he had a, he had a good system then it then it got a little bit worked out and he was trying to find a way of, of getting back to it. But, you know, Eze is the is the, the fantastic example of, you know, what can happen when a manager has one idea about how to play and your face doesn't quite fit. You know, Eze didn't have a role for Vieira. You know, he didn't the role that and it seems, you know, it's almost splitting hairs in terms of, you know, Vieira did play a player in a similar position. But in terms of the role and responsibility, he he could never say to Eze, just do what you do best. Um, you know, yeah, but it, I'd, I'd argue when you've got a player of that calibre, as a manager, it's up to you to fit them in somehow. Well, it is changing but, goals. But but you know that's and that's an interesting point, isn't it? And we, we will never know for sure. We can only speculate. My, I would speculate that Vieira's view on it would be. Well, Eze never showed him that he was that player. He'd come back from a serious injury um, and his form was never really got to that level where he was playing with that freedom and that confidence to to warrant building the system around him. But it feels like a stupid move now because it's not like, you know, Roy's done anything dramatic. He knows the player. So he was able to come in and say, hey, go back to what you were doing before. And that's why it's worked out so well. He's been able to do that with several players just say look you know we know what works i'm familiar with you you're familiar with me let's just do the things that work um that sounds it, it like a song we can make it a song if, if anyone at home wants to make that into a song actually you know nick you spend a lot of time mucking around on soundcloud and stuff just just you know have a go at that yeah, um, yeah. that'd be that'd be fun wouldn't it um there were other <laughs> he's already mixing it the producer there yeah. were another couple of notable moments in the first half you you mm. said at the beginning a couple of moments of magic i do hope one of them 
that you you were thinking of was Ward doing his Cruyff turn <laughs> because that just filled me with so much joy. I watched yeah. it 17 times on repeat on Twitter earlier. Yes, it's, it's fantastic. He does, he has that every now and then. He's throughout his time at Palace, he's every now and then he turns into Wardinho. And that's just how it is. It's always been that way. He has those those skills. I, look, well, the Joel first Ward, twenty minutes against Tottenham, he was doing it. Yeah, Joe Ward is a very, very good footballer. Always has been. Um, but in terms of Premier League right backs contributing the way that they need to, you know, he's he's yeah. certainly decent, but he's not outstanding. And you know, if you want to push up the league, you need, you need outstanding. And uh, you know, but. What a, what a player for us he has been. Yes, it's one of the positions I firmly believe we need to Im- improve going into next year. But you know, what you can't, you've got to take joy in moments like that, whatever you think. And whatever yeah. I've said about Wardy, I, you know, obviously after the defeat against Spurs, I was very critical of him, and I feel rightly so. I feel he's been involved in a lot of the goals we conceded. But great performance against Bournemouth, and I, and I had a lot of enjoyment seeing that moment um, repeated over and over again. Um, the other first half moment, mm. and you, Bournemouth playing fans complaining all over social media about the punch, um, as well as complaining about the gantry that the TV people are putting. Mm. So if you're in the back row of the half, you can, you know, it's real letterbox stuff. Yeah, trying to see yeah, yeah. I remember being up there. Yes, and uh, yeah, you do feel sorry for uh, the Palace fans in the half, or anyway, mm. not the away fans. No, nah, never. They deserve everything they get. The other moment was the penalty on Wilf. Yeah, was it a penalty because again, up the other end of the pitch, it all happens very quickly. Mm. You don't get the benefit of the replay in the ground. Was yeah, it a stonewall pen? For me, yeah, absolutely. Um, we had we had the um, you know the if you look at the highlights and and the commentary from the game as well, it was kind of this thing of oh he's trying to pull his leg out of the way so it's not a penalty. It's just like what what are you talking about? I'm he's, trying to he, avoid injury. He's yeah he's he wants he he didn't mean to foul Wilf in the penalty area. Therefore, it's not a penalty. You're like no. no. No, he's put his leg across him, missed the ball, and his leg has gone between Wilfred Zaha's legs and then made contact and tripped him up. You know, I know why the ref's not giving it, because the ref's looking at the kind of upper body position and, and the contact there, and he's seen Wilf go down like at an angle like he's been shoved. And, you know, because that's what I thought first time, seeing Wilf go to ground. But I don't know if you've noticed this, but this season in particular, Wilf stopped you know, complaining like he only, if he has been sort of nudged to the floor and there's not an awful lot of contact, he's not claiming a thing now. He's just getting up and getting on with it. So the fact that he got up and claimed like he always used to, you know, made me think, okay, well something else has happened there. So looking at the replay, it's clear contact. It's a penalty. It's a foul anywhere else on the pitch. It's a foul. So, you know, it, it seems madness not to give it in the penalty area. So, that you're you're right. We're talking about the red card. That's a game changing moment. Obviously, this penalty was, would have been before that. I think um, so. That's a game changing moment yeah. in, in itself. So, you know, maybe maybe it evens out in that sense. And certainly, we were a better team and, and won the game deservedly. So, in the end, incidentally, it out. Um, Will is turning into the new Chris Clark. Now he's eighteen. He's, he wants to get his beer at half time, and he missed a goal. And that's that the second one he's missed because when we played Man United. 
he thought we, it was uh, he didn't realize Man United had scored for about 15 minutes of the second <laughs> half. <laughs> well those were, those were the best days, you know, from from me when I was doing every game and drinking way too much, you know. There was always the best always the best moments where somebody goes, "Geez, can't believe we're drawing this game." You're like, "What? What are you talking about? When did they score?" Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Even though it's in big, big numerals on the scoreboard right in front of you. Yeah. Well, if you've had a proper day out of the football, you can't read that scoreboard. So that's what I say. Yeah. Um, those days are, are long behind me, though, Nick. Yes. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, second half was more of the same. Were Bournemouth on the beach, do you think, with the, all the effluent flowing into the English Channel as it has been <laughs> lately? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you don't know, do you? They didn't look like they had. Um, they didn't have an answer to what we were doing and it didn't look like some of them cared. Um, I think, for, I think for them, when you think, consider the the job that Gary O'Neill's done there, you know, it is job done. It is. There's no, it's not like when Roy came in for palace, there was a lot of games ahead um, and we were underperforming. It's not like Bournemouth were underperforming. You know, Gary O'Neill's job was to, was to take over and, do his best to get some points on the board and keep the club in the Premier League. And it was a kind of, it's almost a flip of a coin moment as to whether or not they would do it. So when they, when they hit that 39 point mark for them, it, that was job done. There is no, we're pushing up the league. We should be finishing higher. There's none of that. It's, you know, it, it's absolutely where they should, where they should be. Did you um, see that article in the week comparing the ownership of Bournemouth and palace only opinion. only the kind of headline aspect of it um because i stopped my sus- subscription to that service um but like i i saw the headline article and look yeah. i don't really personally i don't really understand the point of the discussion um you know i understood the yeah the, the similarity is we both have um, american owners american owners thanks for that um, look, I, I, you know, maybe if I read the full article, I'd understand the the point that was being made. Yeah, it's um, kind of um, that we've got owners. Although uh, the Bournemouth owner has got interest in other clubs, mm. with Texter having so many interests, and Blitzer and uh, the other <laughs> reindeer um, bloke. Um, Harris, Harris, the little known reindeer. The little known, the little known. Don't, reindeer. don't hear about him much. You know, no, he had but... a pink nose. Yeah, and uh, I know that's Stayed Brian Clough. Yeah. And um, just how they they were kind of facing against each other in the Belgian second division as owners. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which is all a bit weird. And yeah. just the fact that they're looking to to invest somewhere else, and how that's going to kind of stifle us a little bit. Yeah, I know. I there's. There's a lot to be said about our ownership model, but you can say if you know if you go into the detail at most clubs, there's always um, you know differing agendas and uh, and that kind of stuff, and lots of boardroom takeovers and things like that. You know, the remember the situation at Arsenal over over the course of about twenty years was incredibly boring um, over who was going to take control and who was doing this and who was doing that. It's just you know, and it's this, it's that point with Palace now. We've been in the Premier League for. As, be a decade soon won't it coming up to yeah. a decade yeah it's incredible uh, in- incredible achievement by by everybody concerned um and you know we are we're we're you know established premier league club but every time we start afresh every time we start a season again you know that first thought is 
how do we how do we not get relegated this year and there's lots of people who will want to change that but it's a really hard thing to do and you think from somebody like you know from obviously the model that came in there were lots of investors that came in with uh blitzer and harris um you know who took small amounts and the whole idea was obviously that we would transition the club from what they were to a, an established premier league club that wasn't fighting relegation um but you know you can think that but doing it is so difficult when there's so many other clubs trying to do the exact same thing and every now and then another club gets massive investment you know and the more clubs you start stacking with huge amounts of investment the harder that job gets so you know you're always looking over your shoulder okay you know who's the what's the next club that's going to come and be you know the new man city the new newcastle whatever whatever happened to the old castle that's what i say that's the sort of shit I'd come out with, Ham, but I'm very disappointed. It just very, bothers very me. Very disappointed. Yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah. it just bothers me. It bothers me. But um, it's it's interesting, really, when you look at um, Spit Brighton. He Tony Bloom really gambled a lot on getting it right, and if it had gone wrong, they'd have really been in the shit. And I think what's hampering mm. Palace, or maybe not, because it makes it sensible, is Parish is so aware of the administrations we've had he just doesn't want to see that happen again so perhaps he's a little bit too cautious in splashing cash i think yeah i think that we're we are well look there's there's already debt you know there's debt at palace large amounts of debt uh to owners shareholders etc because that's just how the football model works you know the value of the club allows you to structure debt with the people that own it's just that's it that's just what we what people do but you know we don't have the funds to compete with a lot of the clubs in the league but you know brighton have done it a a very different way um with the players that they've targeted and you think that their success from a scouting perspective and they're doing a lot of success out of south america but however whoever came up with their kind of method um has done an incredible job because they keep finding players and they keep they don't pay huge sums of money for them you know you get you tend to get between five and 15 million spent on players and a year later they're being talked about as you know 50 60 70 million pound players now we've well, you had could argue, you could argue yeah i was gonna say done we've that. we've done that with i mean as a for sure at least a yeah 100 percent, right we've we've done that by by trying to pick the best of the championship to some degree hmm. um which is a you know it's a great thing to do but you're competing with a lot of other people um but but you know think about the the sheer number that's come through at at brighton is is incredible but look we are doing similar things you know we brought a lot of talented youngsters in you know we've got a little bit a little bit going on in ireland for sure we brought some really interesting players over from ireland we've got got a couple of uh you know young lads in from scotland so that's that's where we're shopping um you know and it's not, it doesn't mean we're we're doing the wrong thing, and we'll have to see what happens in two two or three years. But Brighton started that process quite a long time ago, and and they're still getting it right. And the managerial changes as well. You know, you think about that. Uh, they've managed to develop that philosophy and that system there, which means they don't get hit badly by uh, by managerial changes. You know, they they've done the right thing there. So but we, we haven't failed. We haven't. No, you're absolutely We're still right. Here Ten I, years later, 
I don't be, and the trouble is if I don't get to finish my point, I'm going to end up like, oh, Chris was praising Brighton a lot. I've said a lot of nice things about Brighton, but they're still, you know, I think they've got really lucky as well. I do. Um, and, and I do think, you know, the, the, it's not that long ago that the kind of brand of football that they were playing was boring as hell. It was, you know, what Potter was doing was boring and the, the, you read everything on their boards. The fans want gone because he wasn't getting wins. He wasn't exciting. And, you know, they got, I think they made a couple of astute signings that paid off, which if they hadn't, I think, you know, Potter would have gone and, and Brighton would have changed their model and, and who knows what would have happened. So I do think that they got lucky as well. Yeah. Should we talk about the second half? Yeah, I guess so. Well, you know, I don't think we, we need to talk too much more. We should should talk about, obviously, Will Hughes's effort. Um, you know, um, incredible volley. What a, a just phenomenal first goal for him that would have been. Um, but what did you think about his performance overall? I, I keep using the word every time he's mentioned, but he's tenacious, isn't he? Mm. And he gets in there and he's a different player to Schlupp. I mean, I, I did miss... Schlupp's surging runs, which Hughes didn't do, but he just seems so calm. Yeah, he's um, so calm. And I so wanted that goal to go in. Yeah. I mean, it was quite near the keeper, but he if there's anybody you want to score, it's him, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think he, he deserves it. I, I just wonder what he would be like with a with a run in the team. Um, and that's not to say that I think anybody deserves to be dropped. And you're quite right to pick the part that we missed from, from Jeffrey Schlupp because... Again, a confident Jeffrey Schlupp running with the ball and, and pressing everybody and, and keeping that focus and that concentration. It's just done a wonderful job under under Hodgson for sure. Um but I yeah, I wonder what, what Hughes would give you with you know, if he stayed fit and played ten games in a row. I, I do wonder what he'd be able to deliver because he's an incredibly talented footballer. You know, I, I was interested we talked about it earlier in the season, but when he when he commented on the, the difference you know, serious injury had made to him as a footballer because he was, as a young player, he was this, you know, dynamic, all-action attacking midfielder with incredible technique. And, you know, that that is not really what he is now um, in terms of, of how he plays a game. He's much more, you know, a patrolling kind of midfield general. Yeah, one of those, Nick. Yes, Remember the definitely. midfield generals? So, yeah, I think there's a place for that. I think with Luca moving on, um, unlikely to get a new contract, is he? Um, you know, I think that's the role for for Hughes. I think he can be that with just probably a bit more technical ability on the ball. So, um, I think there's a place for him uh, uh, in the Palace squad and and potentially in the team as as well, um, supporting that process. But yeah, it was. I, I thought he played pretty well, um, and I like the fact that he seemed to be a bit sharper and a bit fitter than he had been in in previous appearances. Indeed, and it's the it's the attitude again, isn't it? The mm. the oh, I better do what um what the management team want me to do rather than being told right. You know, you're the leash is off you all. Go and do what you can, and enjoy your football. Then they are mm. all enjoying their football. That's the other thing. I've yeah, it's Palace under Roy Roy too is they seem <laughs> very very happy playing. Yeah, Roy too. Is that what and we're that, going with? Isn't it? And that team, that team togetherness and cohesion is back, and that had gone mm. completely gone. No, it's not. It's um, I'm trying to think of a non-cliche way of saying it, but I don't think I can. It's not. It's not rocket science, is it? In terms of getting a team playing 
smiles on their faces, you know, as a unit, playing as a team unit, backing each other up when they need to, you know, the kind of freedom of, of expression for the talent, you know, the more talented attacking players, the solid base behind them. It's not massively complicated, but it has to come with that belief and that confidence that you're doing the right things. And players like Zaha, Eze, Elise, and Ayu even, you know, they have to start the game believing that they're going to create and they're going to score and that they are good enough to take on, you know, two players at a time, three, if you will, beat them in the penalty area and create that opportunity. They have to believe that they can do it. Four, if you're Eze, about to score. Well, yeah, exactly. Now, and let's, let's go on to that. You know, he's he's finished really well in the first half, but, you know, he's he's in and out of games as a, he's not quite the, the luxury player of old. He's not like a Darren Ambrose who would um, just pop up and do something outstanding and then, you know, just go through the motion. And again, not deliberately. He was just, but he would, he was, that was the player he was. He would use his talent at the right times and he was a fantastic player for Palace. But, you know, at times you were like, okay, we have to carry him a little bit here because he's not going to put in a, a crunching tackle in the centre of midfield either. But, um, but so, you, you know, you're, but you're, you're not really talking about where you are. It's not quite that with Eze. He does know how to defend and put in a challenge. He does know how to, you know, to, to, to press. He can do that, but it's just not, it should not be his focus ever. And it's interesting hearing him talk because it's clear that he felt Vieira hemmed him in with that, with the kind of, you have to do the other bit, which is funny because it's, it's a Roy trait. <laughs> to to take an attacking player and get them to focus on their defence. That's what he did too much in his previous stint. And now he's come back in and said, actually, you're doing way too much of that. Your focus should be on attacking. Go do that. And it's just, you know, that's why we as fans get frustrated. We know what Eze's good at doing. We know what is yeah. good at doing. We want to see him do it. And we need to have the rest of the team do their jobs to enable that to happen. Um, so, there, you know, I th- I think the the goal itself. There's two fantastic points to talk about there because it gives us the the discussion about the two outstanding players, um, of two out of two of the three outstanding players on the day as Zaha had to go off. Um, and that's Elise. Not he could have let the ball go out for a throw, I think. Um, and I think he considered it, but just sort of got it down, rolled it out of his feet. And just, it's the, it's a fantastic crossfield pass straight into Eze's feet. Um, who was obviously on that, that left-hand side at the time because Wilford had to go off. So, but to go from that point, when you think about the belief that's in Eberechi Eze at the moment, to go from the point of receiving that ball to finish it the way he did. Um, my cat agreed. I don't know if you heard that, but, um, I hope it made the recording. Um, but that strike itself, it, it was outstanding. And, and Nick, you know, at the game, I, I, I assume, you know, that was a, an outstanding moment as well. Yeah, it was. Um, how at least they saw him there. Well, the, it's, they're getting an understanding. Um, I, I can remember back back a couple of seasons ago when we thought that you couldn't have Eze and Elise in the same team because they were too similar. But actually, having them both in the team just gives us loads more options and more headaches for the opposition. Mm. Um, I hope your cat was purring like we were as a team yesterday. Was that I mean, the noise that your cat was making? No, it was more of a purring kind of, like a well-oiled engine. We were. No, if we were doing what he was doing, it would have been 
staring at me, making a weird whirring sound. So I'm um, luckily we weren't doing that. Yeah. Um, the other oh, the other thing I wanted to say uh, about uh, the second half and a, a player who performed well is Decore is not getting booked. He's actually making tackles, winning the tackles, and um, not taking players out when he's doing it. What's uh, what's changed there? Because he's he's the same player, he, he and he's still making the tackles. How mm. come he's not fouling anymore? I mean, what's the difference? Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, I I wish I could answer that question for you. Like a bit of, you know, I think obviously the more games you play, the more you know, the more. The more tackles you make, hopefully, the better you get. <laughs> I guess you know that's the the you know the pace of the game. And but I, you know it's hard when you when you look at a game like this this match, you know, and you think about what Bournemouth are putting into it. You know, is is the intensity of that game gonna gonna push into the kind of the you know making those last ditch t- challenges and you know fouling as much? I, probably not. You're probably not going to have that situation. Although it did get a little tasty at one point actually I did want to talk about that sorry Nick as a bit of a diversion since you brought it up but I actually felt like away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com we played Bournemouth a little bit at their own game um, in, in this match, I, I think we we didn't. I wouldn't say we practiced the dark arts particularly, but we had we had a bit of edge about us that we had the edge that was missing. That was one of the biggest reasons Vieira ended up being sacked was we lost our edge completely. We were focusing really very much on trying to find the right combinations in playing, and we we really did leave that kind of occasionally needed nastiness that occasionally needed bit of time wasting here and there those kinds of things that change the momentum of a game and I think even if Bournemouth had come into this game all all guns blazing I think they would have found us too strong an opponent because you know we we didn't allow them to get into rotational fouling and I have to say that's the whole point of having the front players that we've got having Zaha, IU, <clears throat> excuse me, Elise and Eze playing together means that you, you should not be able to rotationally foul us to stop us playing. You might be able to take Zaha out of the game. You might be able to take even Zaha plus Eze out of a game, but Elise and IU should destroy you. You know, that's how it should be. Um, and I really do think like, you know, that's the one thing from the, the first half up until we scored the goal, I was, quite bored <laughs> and this it felt like a, a a real end of season game but when we gave the game that kind of shot in the arm the only thing that i was thinking about prior to that was we've actually mixed it up with them pretty well they don't have the physical beating of us they're not running harder they're not fouling more they're not kicking us out of our stride we're doing that to them and i liked it one more player that i'd like to highlight before we mm. kind of wrap things up for this shorter pod is Gay running forward with the ball, carrying the ball forward from defence, seems to be doing that a bit more, combined with Anderson's long balls, which seems to um, be hitting the mark once again. He, he went a bit off boil, but um, mm. those two in the centre of defence, you know, you, you feel sorry for Richards. 
Um, yeah. He is a quality player as well. And if Gay was to go, I think Richards would be an, an able replacement for him. But just, it's that confidence. It is confidence, confidence. but it's, all, it's also, uh, you know, a failing of Bournemouth. You know, people at times have worked us out in, in the sense that they have ma- managed to press our centre-backs to stop them. Like, you know, stop the supply into to Anderson and get tight on him if he gets the ball. He won't play the long balls. You know, pin Gay back, he won't make runs forward. But when he, you know, they are both there to do those two things. It's um, it's in it's in their locker to be able to do that. And um, yeah, it was nice to see, but it was a failing of our opponents to to press us enough in the in the final third to do that. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. It's a good thing to highlight. And I, yeah, the better teams won't really allow us to do that. But then it's up to us to to find either other ways of playing or to impose ourselves enough that they can't stop us. You know. But um, I'm sure we'll we'll come to that again in, and talk about that in the future. But only obviously a couple of games left of the season. Just before we we do, and I, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about Alise, and I just want to say that you know, with, with every game he plays, he looks better and better. Um, and the the noises sort of coming out of his teammates and the club in general are, you know, this is a, 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 a an outstanding player. Um, and but when we but I, w- I just wanted to kind of address the fact that some people are talking about Wilf in the past tense and saying that you know this new generation has has come in and you know he can move on and all that kind of stuff. I'm making a f- huge assumption that we're going to be able to keep Elise, uh, keep as a keep Mark Gay. You know those are going to be really really hard things to do. There's enough teams out there that you know that want those three, for example. The, I've heard that um, Will was telling me yesterday that um, Paris Saint-Germain want Lise to replace Messi. It <laughs> made me laugh. That, that, <laughs> but that, that that interpretation, yeah, is quite amusing. But, you know, so two things here. I've got to be careful how I say this. The, fir- the first one is, you know, they have uh, they are reporting that they are trying their best to bring in some younger players. And, they, you know, it appears that Elise is on the shortlist of the type of young talent that they want to bring in. That's the link there. I think, but you know, I I will say this now: if Eze's kind of trajectory continues, he has the ability to be talked about as an outstanding footballer. Whether he has the ability to be talked about like Messi, probably not. You know, he's you know he's Messi. You know, it's just what it. You know, it's a, he's probably a verb or one of his own. You know, it's he's incredible. But I'm he sure has, you meant Elise then, not Eze. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean Elise. <laughs> You're quite right. Eze, you know. Got to get in the England squad though, right? Anyway, look, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. It was um, nice to talk about a really good Palace win, and it, it was nice to have a good chat, wasn't it, Nick? That's the main thing. Yes, um, nice to hear about Winchester. Yeah, I of might course. Have to yeah. go there one of these days and try yeah. their pies. Yeah, do it, do it. It's uh, heartily recommended, and do try out Proudfoot and Co as well. Anyway, um, yep. So uh, next up, obviously, is Fulham. Uh, Fulham, Fulham away, last away game of the season. Preview team obviously be around to talk about that one uh, before the final game against Forest, which I shall be at, Nick. It'd be very nice to see you there. I yes, I shall be in the uh, Goat House pre-game for Forest, I'd imagine. So, it's a Goat House? Should, goat look. House Shelverdine on Norwood High Street, just up from the mm. clock tower. The, the, the pubs were remarkably empty before the game yesterday, whether it was because of the train strike or whether everybody got to the ground mega early in case there were ticketing problems, I don't know. But it was it was really weird. The streets seemed quiet. 
Yeah, it was a train strike because it's hundred percent. It's a reason I I wasn't there. I, I just couldn't couldn't face the hassle. So there you go. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, can't wait for that one. So check out uh, everything we do over on YouTube. Search Back of the Nest there. Find out what DR's up to. Um, outstanding content as always there. All of our socials. Just search Back of the Nest. You'll find us on everything, even that TikTok, Nick, that all the kids like. You know that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit bit um fed up with our myspace coverage but you know i'm so sorry about that but it's hard isn't it it's hard to keep up on the on the cutting edge um my bebo our bebo account is just ruined i'm so sorry um but anyway we'll (laughs) we'll move on um so thanks to everyone you know plenty of people did get in touch apologies we didn't get to it it was a bit of a a rambling show today but what's wrong with a bit of rambling hey rambling rambling and yeah, that was that was the that was the inference there for people to to make their own conclusions. Anyway, lovely. Thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> Cheers to Mikey for producing, Nick for joining me today, and you for listening as always. And until next time, come on, you palace. Eagle. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.